Um, so, um, as we um, continue over here with uh, part two of trying to uh, figure out the best way for each of us to uh, utilize our personal uh, skills to create uh, a wonderful Seder and a great Seder. So um, there were a few things I just wanted to, in a sense, reiterate or kind of uh, expound upon. The So first of all, uh, the notion of uh, a Seder, we talk a lot about the importance of children at the Seder and the role that, um, that, that the children play in, in how we uh, go about creating a spirit of a Seder. So there are Sedarim that have children and there are, there are Sedarim that do not. And uh, especially this year, unfortunately, due to uh, the circumstances that, that uh, we find ourselves in this year, there are going to be those who are very used to having Sedarim with children and uh, all of a sudden, they're not going to have them there. Uh, Rabbi first told me that this is going to be the first time in 50 years that he and his wife are going to be together at a Seder without anybody else. Um, and I'm sure that there are probably others who uh, are going to uh, be experiencing the same thing. So while we are very, very into and hooked up and... and uh, uh, focused on the importance of how we convey everything to children, it, it needs to be said that it's very, very much a part of the Nusach, part of what we say in the Haggadah, that no matter how uh, well-versed we may be in Yiddishkeit, in learning, in Torah, in everything having to do with Judaism, it is still mitzvah leinu l'saper b'yitzias mitzrayim. It's still a mitzvah to talk about yitzias mitzrayim, and v'chol hamarpa. And the more you talk about it, the merrier, the better it is. And we need to realize that while, as when we have kids around, we can focus on them, and the story part of things goes better when talking to kids, and there's nothing like seeing their, you know, getting their rapt attention for, you know, 30, 40 seconds at a time, whatever it is that kids can do nowadays. You know, while, while th that is a, um, a, a thing of wonder and, 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 a, and something that is um, terrific to behold, but as adults, we also are able to marvel at different things. And as we go through the Haggadah um, in a few minutes, uh, I, I, I will try to point out things that, as adults, we have the ability to focus on, we have the ability to, um, to, to, to put our minds to in a way that we can come out as adults with a sense and a feeling of something very special, something uplifting, something different uh, for, from coming from the Seder. Um, one question that was asked to me today that I thought I would... Um, also talk about um, is that there are two nights of the Seder so how do we you know how do we deal with that I think one time I told a story that 
that there was a, a very, very hot and sweaty Shavuos in Yerushalayim. This is in the days before most yeshivas had air conditioning. And uh, the, the, the first day was over, and everybody was kind of like sitting around, and it was like a chamsin. It was well over 100 at night. You know, nothing was moving. There, there, were, there was no wind. There was nothing. Even you went outside, it was just baking and boiling. And, you know, one of the rabbeim came to us and said, like, aren't you excited? You have another day of Yom Tiv. And we just looked at him and said, like, no, we just want to take a shower. Like, like, this is not exciting for us. But there is a sense that we have two nights and two opportunities to be able to fulfill this mitzvah, two opportunities to be able to accomplish what we can. And that goes for um, with children and without. It's, 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 a, it's a double opportunity. It's, it's, it's two chances um, to have this, uh, to, to accomplish the goal of the Seder. So, um, I would say it like this. I would say that if a person, you can't, you really can't do the same thing both nights. If you have, I mean, whether you're dealing with kids, whether you're dealing with adults, you, you need to have, you need to mix it up a little bit. Uh, the menu, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get into that, whether that can be the same both nights. Maybe yeah, maybe no. It depends how traditional uh, the the uh, the dishes are that you that that you serve. But the the notion of you know trying to hold someone's rapt interest, you know, for two nights in a row, saying exactly the same things and exactly the same divrei and exactly the same um, you know, stories and 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 the same j jokes or whatever it is that you do, it's not going to work. So therefore, that involves a double amount of preparation. Uh, there is the ability to split things, to, to focus on certain things on night number one and certain things on night number two. I will say that napping is a very, very fundamental uh, background uh, maneuver in order to, to make the Seder work. Uh, to take a nap on Erev Yom Tev, that goes definitely for kids and preferably even for adults, although it may seem it, it may seem kind of far fetched to think of doing something like that, but but you know uh, a power nap, some kind of something, um, just in order to to be able to get um, energy, and have the ability to stay up late. I think a lot of us anyway. Somehow it's funny. It's like you know every night you could be up till two o'clock in the morning, and you know the Seder night and Shavuos night at nine p.m. You're already like you know drifting off. But um, but but uh, um, at least. You know, and this year everybody's going to lose out on that speech that I give between uh, Minchan Mariv on the first night of Pesach, where most people get their uh, get their power nap in. I'm not going to have that this year, it looks like. So, um, so plan accordingly for that. But for children, um, especially the nap on erev Yom Tiv and a nap on the first day of Yom Tiv could be very vital to making sure that the second seder is able to have their attendance. That being said, there are times when you know that your kid's only going to make it to one Seder, and by the second Seder, they're just going to be lost. If that's the case, cut your losses. The idea, again, is to make this something that is memorable and beautiful and exciting for your children. 
and if your children, if the second night is going to be a struggle to keep them awake, and they're just going to be fetchy and crying and, and not absorbing anything the second night. So if you feel like cutting your losses is the way to go, so cut it, you know, do that. Make it that the first night is the night that they are up, and the first night is the night that they are, you know, focused and ready and, and, and raring to go. And then the second night, so... You know, if before they go to sleep, you can give them a little matzah, a little more, you know, you, you can, you know, uh, give them a little a taste of something, literally. Um, so then go ahead and do that. And otherwise, if they need to go to sleep, they need to go to sleep. It's not something that we torture. Uh, I think it's against the um, the Geneva Convention to, uh, to, to cause sleep deprivation. And um, it's not worth, uh, it's not worth getting in, into, in, into issues with the, um, with the international, the ICC, whatever they call themselves. Okay, anyway, um, the, okay, so uh, when we are going through the Seder, so we discussed last night how the important things are to focus on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that Hashem is one, that Hashem controls and created everything, and that Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim talking about the story of us leaving Mitzrayim is the focus through which is going to be the vehicle through which we bring that out and that we are the Am HaNivchar and that Hashem chose us and that Hashem loves us and that Hashem has mercy on us. All of those ideas are supposed to be packed into this night and that the children feel like they are a part of this thing. The, the Rambam tells us, that Chayiv Adam Lurisus Atzmo, that a person, uh, not the Rambam, the Gemara tells us, that Chayiv Adam Lurisus Atzmo, Kilu Yatsumi Mitzrayim, a person has to see himself, the Rambam says, Laharos, to show himself, but a person is literally supposed to give himself, convince themselves, give themselves that sense and that feeling that they themselves left Mitzrayim. So that involves an, an, an immersion into the story, an immersion into the feeling, an immersion into the sense of what's going on at night. With children, without children, however, you know, whatever it is that makes you get into it, that's what we are uh, supposed to be doing. So, how are we going to accomplish this? So, so th for starters, it's the Zman. Okay, so you davened. You daven the Mariv, it's, it's time to start the Seder. You get up, you know, you come to the Seder table, and many men have a custom to wear the kittles. They're all dressed up. And again, we don't have to go and spend, uh, to give a discourse about why I'm wearing a kittle, why I have a pillow, why this, why that. The, I believe that it is a minhag to go through the, the Seder, to go and uh, recite the what exactly we're going to do, Kadesh Urchatz, Kapras Yachatz. And there are tunes to these things. Most of our children, at this point in their lives, have learned these tunes. They've heard these tunes. This year actually may be a little different because those with younger, younger children, it could be that not going to play group, not going to, 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 to those younger groups during this juncture of time, maybe they're missing out on it, but it's something that uh, you can get Jewish tapes, uh, you know, CDs, etc. Tapes, right? You can get CDs and and, uh, and and audio of those songs, and these are the things that create ritual. Ritual is something that is super important in all forms of relationship, in in all kinds of relationships. 
uh, we focus, human beings focus on rituals. All families have the rituals. Now, for some, the ritual may be how they argue about something. For some, the ritual may be how they experience something, a certain food that they eat, a certain meal that they have, a certain uh, uh, conversation that always repeats itself. They, they provide, rituals provide uh, people with a sense of comfort. They provide people with a sense of home. When things are repetitive in life, when, when children have, and we, we are all, um, in a sense, experiencing and uh, messing around playing with this right now, but children need to have, and, and adults, need to have a sense of, of that there is a, a, a normal order to life that there is a way that things run. And that sense of ritual is what makes us feel at home. When children hear the songs of the Seder, when they hear the Kadesh Urchatz Kapras Yachat song, when they hear those things, those are things that make them just, when, when they are 20 years later, they're going to think back to the first time that they heard that tune. That music does that for us, songs do that for us as well. When a person hears a song, they remember the first time they heard a tune. Sometimes it could really jog a very important and significant memory. And part of what we're trying to do here is we are trying to create that sense of this is where I belong, this is my home, this is my foundation, this is what defines me. Therefore, it's very important that the rituals, so to say, of the Seder, the things that may not be uh, halachically important, but they are extremely important in setting the mood. That's the importance of that we have with Nusach HaTfila, the fact that every Shachris and every Mincha and every Marev on Shabbos is supposed to sound the same. Yeah, we have like a little variety in the tunes of Kedusha, but as far as the regular davening is concerned, the sense that there's a regularity to everything is something that is very comforting to a human being, and it's something that, that brings us back to a place, or brings us to a place that makes us feel like we belong. So therefore, the tunes of Kadesh Urchatz, Karpas Yachatz, the going over the Seder at the very beginning, is an important way to start. It gets, it gets things revved up. It's a way to, to perhaps introduce some energy. Um, asking questions and answers will find throughout the Seder. The whole Seder is built on questions and answers. Manishtana Halayla Hazeh is the most obvious one, is the most famous one. And then we have Yochel Meirush Chodesh. I might think it's from Rosh Chodesh. We have the Chacham, the Tam. We have all of these people asking different questions. It's questions and it's answers. It's called, it's, it's all about engaging others, engaging our children, if we're sitting at a table with our wives it's engage and, and our husbands, it's engaging our spouses in discussion. If a person is sitting by themselves, it's challenging oneself to ask and think about a question. I'm wondering why this is true. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to look for an answer while I'm, while I'm sitting and thinking about Yetias Mitzrayim and thinking about my relationship with Hashem. All of those things are, are what turns the Seder into something that's alive. So th from the get-go, you want to create the spirit of it being alive. There's the singing, Kadesh Orchatz, Karpas Yachatz. And then there's the going over with what's on the Ka'ara, what's on the Seder plate. It's a very important thing. Uh, again, it just identifying uh, what the things are. 
It doesn't have to be a whole thing about how uh, how did I char the the egg and and you know did it explode in the oven and and uh, uh, how how one goes about you know using what does one use for a zeroa does one use a chicken winger all of those things are you figure that out in advance that's you read that in a book before Pesach when when it's set up it's there you identify what the things are we discuss how this is represents the carbon pesach we wish that we had a carbon pesach right now this represents a carbon chagiga there's another carbon because today's a yomtiv this is the maror this is the charoses why do we have maror why do we have charoses and again it's a way of engaging the children and, and, and engaging ourselves and and getting everyone into things how many matzahs do we have three why three uh, you know and then you know there are 400 answers to that question Whatever you could learned in, in school, that's great. But then then we move on, and we start with Kaddish. Kaddish, so um, I, I'm not going to go through every detail of the, of the Seder right now. That is something that, again, you know, people should make time for themselves to try to do that. But when saying Kaddish, I would say that especially this year, the, the, the notion that we make a bracha of Shehechayonu v'kiyamanu v'higiyanu lazman hazeh, right, at a time when... Um, you know, we have a, a fear lingering or hanging over us, and let's not pretend that our children don't know that it's there because they see how disrupted life is in our world. So the, I, I would think that it would be a very appropriate thing to, at that juncture, take a moment and just say that when we make a bracha of shehechianu, right, we're saying that Hashem has allowed us to live and brought us to this time. That is... That, that's really like the, the setup and, and what gets us going and gets us into the, the mode of the Seder. For those that are, you know, if a woman is by herself and she's lighting, or a man is by himself, lighting uh, yomtiv candles and then starting the Seder, the Shehachiyanu that's made is with the candles. Um, at that Shehachiyanu, one should have in mind also all of the mitzvahs that are going to be done that night. It's not just the candle lighting of the yomtiv, but there are many mitzvahs that we end up doing. The Shehachiyanu is going on all of those mitzvahs. Okay, so then, you know, we have the Orchats where we wash without, without uh, making a, uh, a, you know, without making a bracha. Again, if a child knows why that is, if you can quickly ask, get a question, answer going, why that's going on. Again, the Rambam says, rewards are very, very much part and parcel of what goes on at the Seder. If a kid asks a good question, if he answers a good question, even if he asks a bad question, answers lousily, who cares? Just, you know, that's when you start to tossing the marshmallows or whatever those, those weird candy things are around. And um, you, you get them going with all of that good feeling and creating that energy. So we eat the karpas. Uh, we do the yachatz, in which the middle matzah is broken. And again, an afikomen is created that a child is going to... Right, try, try not to be too cheap and maybe let the kids steal it at some point. It's, uh, it, it, again, it's a way of engaging uh, the children in what's going on that night. So then, we begin Magid. So, Magid begins with Halach Ma'anya. So, I'm, I'm just going to go very, very quickly through these, through these things. And um, because, I, I, you know, I, I want to actually bring out a point quickly from the Mishnah Berurah. The Mishnah Berurah talks about, um, talks about, let's say you have someone at a Seder who is in charge of the food, which I guess everybody has in a sense, right? So he talks about that a, a person should, should uh, you know, go through Sipir Yitzis Mitzrayim in a way 
that so that women should understand. Back in those days, women weren't as educated, certainly with the language, and therefore it had to be said in a way that, that women would be able to be engaged. Why? Because women are also women are also required to in the mitzvahs of the night. They are chayiv to have. They are required to have the the, the four cups of wine. They are chayiv to have. They are required to have the matzah, the mara, etc. And uvamir is hagada, and they also have to say the hagada. So he says, So let's say somebody has uh, a Jewish maid. And, you know, so they had a Jewish um, live-in maid, and she is also required, v'sishma kol Haggadah, she should hear the whole Haggadah. So over here, the Mishnah Brewer indicates that if there is a woman who is unable to say the Haggadah, she can at least hear it. And let's say they have to leave to cook. Back in the day, they didn't have ovens, I guess, that would have the food that was pre-cooked before Yom Tov cooking through the Seder or, or sitting on the, on the stove in the oven through the Seder. Therefore, there was actual cooking going on. So it says, So here he gives you the bare bones of what, the, what, what they have to do. They are required to hear Kiddush. And when you get to the part of, the Rebbe Gamliel says that whoever doesn't say these three things, they're not, they have not fulfilled their obligation. Pesach, Matzah, Maror, and then we describe what each one is for. Tichnos v'tishma, she should come in and she should hear that until the end of the second cup of wine. Because if you don't hear those things, you're not Yotze. So he says also, Vinoagim, and we're also accustomed, Shagam Koinosom, Shatishma Seder Asura Makos, Shehevi Hakarish Baruch Al Mitzrayim. We're also accustomed to calling them in that they should be able to hear the ten Makos that Hashem brought on the Mitzrayim. Kedela Hagadlehem Kamanisim Asa Hakarish Baruch Ubishvil Yisrael. In order to tell them how many miracles the Hashem brought on Yisrael. So there's something. If, if you look at the text of a Haggadah, that may seem kind of shocking. And that is that the makos are said in 11 words. That's it. It's 11 words. And then makos b'choros. Makos b'choros is two words. So it's, not, so, so it's, it's 11, there are 11 words that, that are said for the 10 makos. That's it. Now, a person is not going to be inspired by hearing those ten words. Even if you dip your pinky in the wine while you're saying them, it's not an inspiring thing. And what the Mishnah Brewer is conveying over here is that there is a requirement so that, they, so that, they are, so that they're able to be told how many Nisim HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought on the Mitzvah. And while technically, I guess you could say that like if they hear the number ten, and they see that Hashem brought ten, ten, ten makos, and you say the ten makos, and then you go onto the next thing, and it says that um, that there was a way of, of uh, abbreviating that, the tzachadash be'achav, and then it says that like you know what, there were even more makos because if you if you darshan out the words, if you if you figure out what the words are indicating, it's indicating that there were more makos on the yamsuf, etc. That's all wonderful and good, but that's the point is to bring out the Nisim that Hashem did on the Mitzrim in Mitzrayim. That's what the Bishop Burr says is 
the focus. And he's quoting the Chayadam, and that is clear, that that is supposed to be the focus of the night. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, again, his oneness, his ability, his control, his ownership of everything, that's what the night is all about. So, with that in mind, a person has to game plan. You made Kiddush, you had the, you know, the, 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 the washing, the karpas, usually there's some sort of tantrum in the middle over there, and then you get yachatz, okay, you're ready to hit magid. So you hit magid, you know that you have a manashtana coming in over there, where, depending on how many kids you got, um, that, that could be a time-consuming thing. And then you really only have, like, a couple hours to play with at this point. There's not a lot of time if you really want to make this manim, and most importantly, if you want to keep everyone engaged. Therefore, a person has to plan wisely. Halach ma'anya, the concept that, you know, this is the bread of our affliction that we ate in the land of Mitzrayim. Again, it's an important thing. We're setting up the fact what the matzah is all about. Note, this paragraph is not really going way, way back part of the Haggadah. This is a later addition to the Haggadah. What we do have in it is the concept that we are opening our doors to anyone. We are saying how we are all in this together, all of Klal Yisrael, a very, very important idea that can be said in a line that we are inviting everyone because we feel that all Jews are we're all together in this, and this was the moment that made us all united. This is the moment that created us as a people that's one. And then we say that we hope that the next year we're going to be B'nai Chorin. We hope that next year we'll be free. Um, then then um, we have the Manishtana after that. So again, it's the questions, and this is a time when we have Manishtana Halalas and Mikolalelos. We have kids going and um, being. Uh, cute and, and, and doing performing or, or you know what they're able to learn again this is a year this is not a time for pressuring a kid this is not a time for you know creating uh, you know all kinds of anxiety that, that uh, the kids are going to end up you know needing therapy down the line because like the, there was this time that they were in front of 400 people and they were told at the age of 6 to go say something at 10 o'clock at night this is you know it's not the time for any of that stuff this is the time for, again, if they want to do it, it's great. If they don't want to do it, it's also great. Everything's great. Everything's wonderful. Every, every, everybody's proud. Everybody's happy. That's, that's the goal of everything. We go through the, the questions. We, we, again, we translate them. We tell the children what they are. And then we start, And this is where we focus in. We were slaves to power in Mitzrayim. Hashem took us out with a strong hand. Hashem did amazing things for us, and it was for us, and it was HaKadosh Baruch Hu's gift to us, and because of His love for us. And therefore, no matter how old you are, no matter how much you know, you've always got to review the story. This is the story of HaKadosh Baruch Hu choosing us, and, and wanting us, and, and, and making us His. And then, we have two stories. One story of five great men that were sitting in B'day Brak and they were talking to Yitzhiya Simtraim all night long until they were told that it's time for Shema. So now, are there a million questions that kids learn in school about why were they sitting in B'nai Brak and why were they, uh, uh, they, they were almost subin, they were all leaning, and uh, they were talking about Yitzhiya Simtraim all night, and what about Chatzos, did they have to worry about Chatzos, and the Talmidim came and told them it was time for Kriya Shema in the morning, why, why were they, yeah, there are, you know, 
a lot of there's a lot of Torah written about this, and it's all true and important, but not necessarily germane to the crowd or to the younger people that you're talking to that night, and it's not necessarily going to bring out the sense of Yitzias Mitzrayim that that your you and your children need to pick up. The point that this paragraph is here for is to teach us how wise of a person is talking about Yitzhak Mitzrayim, that wise, that these five tremendously amazing and, 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 and great rabbis were sitting and talking about Yitzhak Mitzrayim all night, so therefore everyone else, we're just a bunch of yuckles, and therefore we, do not, we cannot say that we're too important or we know too much to be able to, to have this mitzvah apply to us. And then we're told about Rebbe Lozab and Isaiah, that he hammered home to us that this mention of Yitzhak Mitzrayim is something that's so fundamentally important that it is important that it be said not just during the day, but also at night. That it was something that we are supposed to have in our daytime and in our nighttime of our regular lives. Moving right along. Then, Baruch HaMakom Baruch Hu, Baruch Shana Santara La'ama Yisrael. So this is a very, I, I, I consider this to be an important line over here in which we say that we have to always remember what is the focus of our being the Jewish people. What is so wonderful about what ha, that, that, that Hashem chose us and made us His people. You know what? It's Shana Santara La'ama Yisrael. Because ultimately the goal of Yitzhak Mitzrayim was to get us to Matan Torah. The goal of, of why Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim was so that we'd end up um, uh, at, at Har Sinai. And again, keeping our eye on the prize, we're saying what it is that makes it so special that Hashem chose us, because ultimately we got the Torah. And that Torah speaks to us of four sons. So again, the four sons and all of the questions that surround what do these four sons represent? Why does the Torah talk about these four sons? Why is the Haggadah not exactly true to the way the Torah lines them up? There, there seems to be some discrepancies between the way the Torah presents it versus the way the Baal Haggadah presents it. Those are all things. They are limud ha-Torah. They are learning of Torah. In, in, in a certain respect, it's not completely ridiculous to talk about it here, but certainly if you are having a Seder in which you are trying to create the inspiration and the sense for children, the point of this these Pesukim are to tell us and to tell our children that HaKadosh Baruch Hu knew that there would be all kinds of Jews and from the very beginning he set it up that the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim talks to all of them and that there's something in the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim that talks to a Chacham, it talks to a Rasha, it talks to a Tam, and it talks to a Elisha. The four types of people, for ages, for levels, for for whatever you want, however you want to divide up those four, whatever shot you want to learn as to how to define these these types of individuals, there are there are basically four types of people that the Torah is is telling us exist, and all four of them, the Torah already has a way of presenting Yitzhak Mitzrayim to them in a way that's going to hopefully be able to speak to them, talk to them, and make them feel a part of it. That's the point of that. You can say that quickly to your children, because again, you haven't started Sipri Yitzhak Mitzrayim yet. If you stop after the She'en Yedeh Elishol, I'm not sure that you've been Yotze any part of the mitzvah of Sipri Yitzhak Mitzrayim. I mean, you've said Avodim Hayinu, but, you know, didn't really hit it. So now, 
Next paragraph is that when is this mitzvah supposed to be done of Sipu Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, of talking about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? You might think it's Rosh Chodesh. No, the answer is it's at the time when you have Matzah and Mara in front of you. And again, we saw Rav Hirsch yesterday that he said it's the way we do the mitzvahs, the way we engage in this mitzvah, that is going to do everything. When do we want to convey all of these messages that the Seder is supposed to convey to our children, we want to do it when we are doing mitzvahs and we are conveying our passion and feeling and, and, and sense of what they are in how we do them and then they pick up that message uh, 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 on the way. Then begins, Mitchila Ovdei Avodah Okay, so there in, in, uh, we have a machlokas in the Gemara. We have a concept about how the process of talking about Yitzhiya Mitzrayim is supposed to happen. It's supposed to start with talking about bad things and move into good things. That's how it's supposed to go. There is one side that holds, starting with bad things means you talk about Avodim Hayinu, and the moving into good things means that we got free. And then there's another pshat that says, no, when we start with, when we start with the bad things, it means that we begin our story from the very beginnings of our of, of our origins, which is that at the very beginning we came from somebody Terach. We came from this guy Terach, and then Avram came from him. There are um, again, quickly there are messages here that we can convey to our children. We can convey to our children that where we come from, does, where a person comes from, doesn't matter. from family and not from family, it doesn't matter. Avram Avinu. You know, nobody's father was worse than that guy. And, and, uh, and, and, and look what he was able to become. So therefore, everyone belongs, everyone can have that sense of being part of things because Avram Avinu also came from Ovdei Avodah He came from, from uh, spiritual nothingness. Another message that we learn is that Avram Avinu, the choice of Avram Avinu, we know isn't tied into anything. Isn't tied into, Hashem doesn't say, I chose you Avram because you did this, that, or the other thing for me. Hashem chose Avram Avinu, and there's no reason given. And it teaches us that Hashem's love for us is unconditional. And that is a very, very powerful message for adults, for children, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu chose us. It's us. It's us for good, for bad, for better, for worse. We're, we're, we're so to say, we're in this together. And, and, and that is a very, very powerful and empowering uh, message to convey. Then we talk about how Hashem guaranteed us that we were going to go into Mitzrayim and we were going to come out of Mitzrayim. And in this guarantee that Hashem made to Avram Avinu, He promised him that there were going to be three phases of the Gullus, that there was going to be Gerus, we were going to be strangers in a strange land. We were going to be slaves, we were going to be Avadim, and that there was going to be Enoi, and that there was going to be pain. And all of those things came true. Hashem told us that they were going to be that way. But then we were going to emerge with Rechush Gadol. We were going to emerge with great possession. Right? We say that, Then we go into the next paragraph where we describe that this is something that happens in every generation. But you know what? In every generation we know we have this relationship with Hashem. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Matzileinu Miyadam. That there, time and time again, there's oppression. Time and time again, there are people who come after us. But Hakarush Baruch Hu, um, you know, he he saves us. He saves us from 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 their hands. And it's always again turning back to Hashem. And then we enter into the notes 
that are supposed to capture our story and our talking about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. These are notes. This is really taken from a parsha in a parsha's Kisavo, where we describe our history in the context of Bikurim, in the context of a mitzvah that has to do with thanking Hashem. And um, in doing so, we break down the story. At this point, everybody can, you can go through the English, you can look what it says. There are definitely different parts that are worth picking up here, but I will say the following. There is a tremendous Indian, there's a tremendous idea too, talking about the Gullus, to talking about um, the bad things that happened, how bad it was in Mitzrayim. We know that we only, and, and the Mepharshim makes this very clear, we only appreciate the good when we talk about and realize the bad. For adults to talk about how bad it was in Mitzrayim can be a very, very powerful thing. There are many, many parallels that one can draw. I myself spent many, many a Seder in my youth, in fact, I think just about every Seder of my youth, with someone who had survived the Holocaust. And it was the, the parallels between the slavery in Mitzrayim and the, the slavery in concentration camps were always something that was brought up and brought out. These were, and, and, and in a sense, we really had, uh, you know, at, at our Seder, living lessons of these things. It could be very powerful. Um, at the same time, depending on the age of a child, it could be very uh, traumatic. It could be very um, not appreciated. It could be something that causes them to not be able to sleep well at night. Uh, this, the pictures in some of those Haggadahs are very, very um, powerful, beautiful in, in, in their power, but graphic in a way that can be inappropriate for younger children. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. It, you don't have to focus so much on the details of how bad things were for, for younger children. It's not, that's not important. If you tell them that people were slaves, if you say that people were, were, were you know, that, that, that there was pain and that people weren't happy, those can be uh, expressions that can get across the fact that the Jewish people were in big trouble. And the focus can be on, focus can be on the heroism of, of, of the, the Jewish people. Um, we, we have references over here to, first of all, um, just to, to, to go quickly through what we have over here um, uh, in, in the Pasuk, in, in the part where it says, Vayihisham l'goy gadol, that they were a great nation. So the, the Haggadah says, Malamit shahayu Yisrael metuyanam sham, that you see that the, the, the Jews were distinctive. Right? So right over there, we have a tremendous message where the, it was important to note, the Baal Haggadah noted on purpose, that the Jewish people didn't change their names and they didn't change the way they're dressed and they didn't change their language. These are important things that when we talk about, we're trying to, we're trying to help our children discover their identity as Jews. So what does this mean? This means that we live among others, but we are distinct, that we have something that's different about us and that we're proud of it. And that even in the depths of the Gullus that they were in, they didn't go and assimilate. They remained different. They remained strong. They remained themselves. Very, very important lesson. Um, we have that HaKadosh Baruch Hu provided the Jewish people with tremendous, tremendous uh, chesed. Even at the time when Jewish babies were being killed. And again, use your judgment as to how much of this to expound upon, depending on the age appropriateness with one's children. But even at the age when Jewish children were being killed, 
right? HaKadosh Baruch Hu was sending Malachim to save the children from the Nile and bring them out to a field and have them nurse out of, out of rocks in the field, that they were having milk and honey and all those wonderful things, right? There was a tremendous amount of chesed that was taking place, a tremendous amount of kindness of Hashem that was taking place even in the depths of the, the horror that they were living through. I, I've said this in the past, but when we talk about Moshe having been put in a basket into the Nile River, so, uh, you know, and, it, and, and I always find it fascinating how this is like, you know, the kids make a project of, of, of a baby and Moshe, baby Moshe in a basket, and, but when you think about it, and again, this is something that more is, is, is a focus for, uh, you know, to, to kind of paradigm shift uh, in a, for adults and for, and for teenagers, it's like, wait a second, if I'm going to go, uh, the Nile River is, you know, one of the, you know, any kid who's learned a little geography is going to know. So it's one of the largest rivers in the world. And also you're probably going to find out that there are lots of crocodiles there. So, you know, as much as you may have put the, the tar on the outside instead of on the inside of a little basket, right, when you put a basket in the Nile River, right, in, in, when, when there are crocodiles all over the place, that's a desperate maneuver. That is a real act of desperation. And that's the equivalent of a mother pushing a baby out of a cattle car window and hoping that someone's going to find them along the side of the tracks and keep that child alive and maybe reconnect them to their people. That's what putting a baby in, in, in the Nile River was. So the sense of desperation that the Jewish people had is something that can be brought out of when going through what, again, very, very short, pithy descriptions of what the Shebud was all about. But if you want to know where the focus of your Seder should be, where the most time of your Seder should be spent, it's right here. You pick out the things that you think, and again, it's not necessarily in a logical order. You pick out the things that you think are going to resonate and you focus on them. There are plenty of places you can, you know, sit on your on your computer, Google a little bit some of the midrashim about what it was like to work in Pisom and Ramses, what it meant to work beforech, what it meant the the hard work that the Egyptians had the Jewish people do, all of the horrible things. Those are those are things that a person can bring out. And it doesn't necessarily have to come from the words. A person can go off script. You read it quickly, and then you go off script, and you tell the story. And again, focus on the negative as much as is appropriate for the age. A very, very important thing to talk about is that when it says, When it talks about that we cried out to Hashem. So we have a focus over here that of all the parts of the story that the Haggadah stops, that the Torah really stops, and makes a point of saying is that, all of the tsaras that the Jewish people had, all of the pain and suffering that the Jewish people had, what did they do as a result of it? They davened. And it was a response to the tefillah, it was a response to the davening that HaKadosh Baruch Hu went and made all of Yitzhak Mitzrayim happen. And that's such an important message to, to tell our kids. What do we do when we have tsaras? What do we do when things are bad? It wasn't just that HaKadosh Baruch Hu just decided one day that, you know, enough suffering, let's go flip the script. No. It was that the Jewish people davened, and that there's something to be said for that we have to daven, and this is something, this is how we can take our fate into our hands and, and, and arouse HaKadosh Baruch Hu, arouse Hashem to help us out. And then we have HaKadosh Baruch Hu taking us out of Mitzrayim. And we have the fact that Hashem did it all by Himself. Kaviachal, Hashem did it Himself. That was an act of tremendous love. 
it was showing how Hashem was totally in control. And then we have the Makos. And it's already 10 o'clock, and I feel like I'm at the Seder right now, and I'm running out of time, and Chatzos is coming, and I have to stop soon. But the, the Makos, Dam Tzvardea, Kinam Arv, each one of the Makos is something then again, I don't know exactly, I'm sure that there are different sites that one can look on. There are Svarim that talk about different Midrashim that bring out the awesome nature of each and every Maka. The Makas literally and, 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 and completely undid my separatious that Hashem had made a world, the world was running, every Maka was an undoing of a part of, of, of this world. And when we would, if we would stop and think about all the different elements, all the different tortures that, so to say, that Hashem put, put the mitzvah through, if we think about the fact that the, the Torah itself says that Hashem says, I'm not just punishing, I'm not just causing, I'm not just trying to convince the mitzvah to send them out, I'm playing, I'm playing with Paro, I'm playing with, with the mitzvah, I'm, I'm, I'm literally turning this place upside down and inside out. And when one focuses on the makos, that is that that's really if a person wants to know, if they have to like you know triage their time. You need to leave time for the makos. Personally, I find it that I'm I'm able to 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 mix up my sedarim by focusing on five makos night number one and five makos night night number two, and breaking down the different makos. It, it creates certainly a sense of variety. It, it is, it's, it's something that, that makes, gives you more time for each one in a sense. And that's able to bring out the, 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 the greatness of the night. And then as you move on, th what, what the, what the uh, Haggadah does afterwards is it says that like you think that that was amazing. But each, each of the Makos represented more Nisim, more miracles. And then in the Yamsuf there was even more. And then we shift to the element of Dayenu. We shift to the element of we, we think about everything that Hashem did. And we say, if Hashem would have done this, and, and not even that, it would have been enough. And we are just like almost panting um, the, way, the, the way you could look at it by saying like, enough, enough, this would have just blown us away as it is. And then you did this, and this would have blown us away as it is. And then you did this, and building up that sense of, HaKadosh Baruch Hu did all of this amazing, amazing things where he turned the world upside down and inside out and he did it all for us. And he did it all because he loved us. And he did it all out of the chesed that he has. And, and ultimately brought us to, 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 to a Beis HaMikdash and built a Beis HaMikdash for us. Then we get to kind of like the end of Magid where we have the three things that we know that we have to focus on. Pesach Matzah each paragraph describes why it is that we have these mitzvos of a carbon Pesach, we have matzah, we have moror, and then we say that in every generation we have to see that it as though it happened to us. And in doing this, at this point in, the, in, in Magid, the, the, the sense should be a sense of that this is a story that involves us. And that when we move to therefore we are, it's our duty to praise and thank and play tribute and glorify and exalt and honor, blah, 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 right? All those things, right? It's, we are really feeling that this is like, this is us. And we burst into the first couple of paragraphs of Hallel. And finally, make a bracha to wrap up um, the, the, the Magid. And so, so we should really come like, you know, coming out of Magid like a shot. Now, you can't allow 
the the like you know kind of like maggot to end and then like you know it kind of like you know pfft, all the air goes out of the tires at that point there happens to be a wonderful halacha that saves in my mind a lot of time um, and and keeps and not 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 because like we're trying to rush but just again we're trying to keep like the momentum going is that basically from the time you wash for rachza there really should be no talking until you're all the way done with korech and you're ready to start shulchan aruch so there's no time over here for like a okay like you know let's let's take the you know take let let's let's lose the atmosphere and let things go um, I find a, another very, very handy thing to do is if in advance of the Seder, um, and you can assign, uh, can keep certain, certain aged children busy on an Erev Yomtev for a little bit, is that you set up, you take, you find broken matzahs and you tell them um, there's a certain amount of weight or a certain amount of volume that you're looking for in for each person to get, and you apportion the matzah in advance. You put it into little sandwich bags. Um, and and, uh, and and you have all of the portions already laid out. So that, that way everybody can get up a wash, you come back to the table, and boom, everybody has their portion sitting in front of them already because they were already bagged. So everybody has their full weighed out amount of matzah. You don't have to have, you know, the, the father sitting in the front the, deciding, is this a year where I'm going to make everybody eat too much or is this a year where I'm going to be cheap on the matzah? You know, you don't have to have that whole... Um, a decision-making process uh, and, and everybody measuring, you know, why does he have less than me and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you just, you know, you hit the matzah. Again, you can measure out the maru in advance also. Um, and, and the korech, all those things pre-measured, all those things happen. And then you can move to shochan aruch, you move to the meal. Again, we discussed last night, you try to get that meal move quickly. Good food, nourishing food, but a meal that kind of goes so that the kids that are appropriate to be awake can stay awake. Then you can hit a halal. And again, the idea of creating ritual, the idea of creating song, the idea of everybody, uh, you know, being in this together. Even if you, you do have a good voice, you don't have a good voice, it doesn't matter. It's all about creating that sense of, like, camaraderie. That, like, camaraderie. We're all singing to HaKadosh Baruch Hu together and, uh, and wrapping it up with a nirzah. That is the, that that that's the type of of, uh, of of experience we are um, all trying to create. Um, this year, again, for for some of us, um, there may be uh, a, a challenge in being able to have the seder differently than we are used to having it. But I'm telling you, if you put some effort, if you put some thought, it doesn't have to be tons of time, but if you put a little time, you put a little effort, you put a little thought into what it is that you want to accomplish with your Seder and what it is that you want to get out of it, you can make it really a, 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 a real um, a important, impactful moment in your family, a, a time of bonding, a time where you're creating literally lifelong memories. Um, it, you know, I, it is, um, it's, it's uh, you know, I don't know if the word is ironically, but, you know, the, the, the first day of Pesach happens to be my father's yard site. Um, I guess, weirdly enough, I'm not going to be able to say Kaddish this year, but, but uh, that, that, you know, and there are so many, you know, memories that come back to me from the Siddharma of my youth. You know, some things that I've, that, some things that I do also, some things that I don't necessarily do, you know, again, everybody has to do their personal style of, of, of what their thing is and how they run a Seder, but you can create the memories that will literally stay with your children 
forever and ever and ever and your grandchildren forever and ever and ever and it starts it starts right you know right this year this year is the time that you can create that special memory of how you explained this that or the other thing or how we sang something or how something was funny or something was silly and we all experienced something together and listen we should be zarcha that um you know by the time listen the the way the world has been changing from day to day over here right so who knows what's going to happen tomorrow you know it's like you know so the, you know two weeks ago the show was open right and now now you know we haven't been there in, in it seems like in ages and you know, schools were open and who knows what can happen in the next week Ezra Hashem Shiach's going to come we're all going to be able to 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 look at the, this next Ula in a way that's going to going to going to make Yitzhak Mitzrayim look like uh, you know nothing and look like something that that's that's hard to remember and um, we'll be able to to eat menazvachum and apsachum and apsachum and menazvachum we'll be able to eat from the carbon pasach and all the other carbonos uh, in Yerushalayim. But until then, we will hopefully be able to have wonderful sedarim even under our strange lockdown conditions that we're in right now. And um, you know, be'ezus Hashem, we should all. Uh, have a wonderful and Chag HaShavah Anybody who wants to stay on and ask questions, you're more than welcome to. Um, otherwise, Be'ezer uh, Sashem on um, on Thursday night, we'll have a Shabbos Haggadah Drasha, uh, yeah, or the Thursday Haggadah Drasha, whatever you want to look at it as, um, uh, at, at, uh, at 9 p.m. And um, so uh, so have, have a good night. Well, how does Chinuch uh, work for Shirem of... Um Mar okay, so for um, so I would put it like this: there is I don't remember if this is something that is in the um, I think it's in I think it's in the 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 newsletter um, the FAQs. You know, it could be that they're going to go out this week, but there are when we have like Hamotzi and we have Afikomen, we take double Kazesim. Right, adults, we take double kazesim, and we usually max out, max the kazesim like big time. Uh, w- by korech, we take a, a smaller shear. Uh, I don't remember exactly what's what's written there, but certainly to give a child, anybody who's less than bar, bar and bas mitzvah age, the quote unquote uh, the korech shear, right, whatever that number was, I don't remember offhand. That would be fine. And for children younger than that, if they cannot digestively handle it, then, then they are, that's not within the realm of their chinuch. They're not a bar, that thing. So, uh, you know, and especially late at night, um, it, you know, it's, it's not, uh, not, not recommended. So if they want to eat some matzah, you certainly don't force it on them. And eat some marah and don't, don't force it on them. You know, kind of like you give them... A piece, and you tell them, you know, eat it, and and see what happens, and then, whatever happens, happens. Okay, thank you. Does the FAQs is it going to have in grams for the matzah? Yes, yeah, it has okay. in grams. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm a big proponent of weighing the matzah as opposed to like using any of those site charts, because the the weighing factors in the thickness of the matzah, and the site charts don't, and a lot of times they're basing it on like a thin matzah, so then you have you just need a lot more. Um, area, as opposed to if you're going with grams, it's really more exact, and you'll end up with a more uh, responsible amount of, of, of matzah to eat. Thank you. All right, sure.